0: Want to turn your attention today to the gospel according to luke chapter number 15 beginning there at verse number 17 austin and emily i love you guys so much it's so good to see y'all and they're great great people and uh, i got to spend a good amount of years with them in truman and i have a ton of respect and admiration for austin hollis so i give him honor today And when he came to himself, I'm going to stop there, and I'm not going to stop very often. I'm not going to preach long today, but I'm going to stop right there. He came to himself. The Lord didn't beat him over the head. An angel didn't come to him in this account and say, this is what you need to do. He came to himself, and we're going to touch on that a little bit later, but sometimes in our situations we will wait on a word from God when he is waiting for us to come to ourselves. So he comes to himself and says, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and yet I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran. How many times has he ran to you? How many times have you been a great way off? Far from where you knew you needed to be. And yet, he was a great way off. And when he took a step back in the right direction, the father ran. I want to preach to you for a short while today. If you'll step, he'll run. In this house today, I feel the Holy Ghost. In this house today, if you will take a step of faith, if you will do what God has been asking you to do, if you'll pray the prayer that God's been asking you to pray, if you'll take a step of faith, the, the Father in His nature, in His character, He cannot help Himself but to run to us. And so today, if you'll step, He'll run. Amen. If you'll take a step of faith, He'll meet you. It doesn't matter if you're a great way off. It doesn't matter if you're in a pig pen. It doesn't matter what you've done with your life. If you'll take a step today, I said, if you'll take a step today, the Father will run. Amen. Lord, we love you, and we magnify your great name. Oh, God, we need you in this house. Lord, we pray that there would be an open ear to your word today and an open heart to it. Can you cry out to him right now? Can you pray a prayer between you and God today? Lord, today is not just my average Sunday. Today is just not another time I'm going to hear a sermon, but God, I'm gonna open my ear to what you're trying to speak to me today. Amen. Would you would you cry out to him right now? Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you for standing. It is the wise old saying that declares, the journey of a thousand miles always begins with one step. Most homes are filled with the furnishings of tables and chairs and cabinets and bed frames that all at some point in time were built one step at a time. I wish that furniture just came built. I think it used to be that way. Now you order a picture of a chair online and it comes to you and, and you're having to like mill. They just send you, It's going to get to the point to where they're just going to send you a pine tree and you're going to have to mill the thing. This furniture comes and it's got all the, the parts and you have to assemble it step by step. And I just hate that. <laughs> recipes are cooked with loving care of those lost loved ones who left a torn little piece of paper with hen scratch writing on them, intricately explaining every detail and every step of the perfectly baked chocolate pie, step by step. Amen. If you travel, you know that most of the time you have to kind of gather your thoughts, get your family together, And you begin to plot out and decide where you're going to go, what you're going to see, how you're going to get there, when you're going to get there. All of our travels begin by planning our step by step. The fact remains that we are a people of steps. And so it is, God knowing this, orders our steps. We are people of great dreams, and yet we must operate one step at a time. People of grand vision, yet we must get there one step at a time. Grand dreams and utmost desires are all preceded by small actions that were first required. Victory is the goal and to conquer the mind, but it will all be done surely one step at a time. The greatest failure is not to miss God's call. The greatest failure is to never take a step at all. Ladies and gentlemen, I submit for your consideration today that no matter how grand your need, no matter how large your issue, no matter how big your dream, at some point in time, God will call you to take some kind. A step, and those steps may seem towering and treacherous, or they may seem the exact opposite as they seem simple and insignificant. But if you will take the step that God is asking you to take, there is no clue that there is no telling, rather, what God would begin to unveil in our lives if we would open up our ear to the voice of the Lord and then command our hearts to be obedient to it. If we would just take the steps that God calls us to take, there is no telling what he would do in this church, there is no telling what he would do in your life, there is no telling what he would do in your family when we take steps that he calls us to take, for we are a people that still believe that the steps of righteous men are still ordered by the Lord, but those steps are indeed still the steps of man and must be taken by men. We believe that he is still a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, but my feet must be willing to take steps down paths that are my own. We believe that he still makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He still leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for he is with me. I've come today to tell somebody that the Scripture declares that when we walk through valleys, He will walk through the valley with us. But it does not say that He will walk through the valley for us. And I would to God that somebody under the sound of this young man's voice today would hearken unto the word of the Lord. If God is leading you into green pastures, we must have a willingness to take steps into green pastures. If God is leading us unto paths of righteousness for his namesake, in our spirit, in our soul, we must be willing to take steps down that path of righteousness. And if by chance God is leading us into valleys that are overshadowed, By nothing but death, there must be a willingness in our spirit to say, Lord, where you're leading me, I'll go. Where you're commanding my steps, I'm going to go. For we believe that the steps of righteous men are still ordered by the Lord. No matter where those steps may take you, no matter where those steps may lead you, the steps, I, I feel it in the Holy Ghost, the steps of righteous men are still ordered by the Lord. I may have a knife in my back, but my steps are still ordered by the Lord. I may be sick in my body, but my steps are still ordered by the Lord. My family may be experiencing some chaos, but my steps are still ordered by the Lord. You may not be where you thought that you would be by now, but I've come today to declare to somebody that your steps are still ordered by the Lord, and I'm going to preach it until I reach somebody's soul today. Your ministry may not be where you wanted it to be by now, but your steps are still ordered by the Lord. Amen. Your sons and daughters may not be home, but your steps are still ordered by the Lord. The situation that you've been praying about for years may have not come to an answer but your steps are still ordered by the Lord I said your steps I said our steps are still ordered by the Lord and yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil because we believe the steps of righteous men are still ordered by the Lord hallelujah so keep on stepping And keep on walking. And just keep on trusting. Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost speaking to somebody today that has been on the path, and yet they wonder, why am I taking this step? Why am I veering off into a place that I didn't realize that I would be going? Why, why is the Lord uprooting me, it, it may seem? Why is the Lord redirecting me? Why is, he, why is he changing? Your steps are ordered by the Lord. And when you can grasp the revelation that the God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who intricately formed everything we know, cares enough to order our steps You just begin to trust in where he's leading you and where he's guiding you and where you're going. Because when it's all said and done, if you'll keep on stepping, if you'll keep on walking, if you'll keep on trusting, if you'll keep on obeying, your steps are ordered by the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The multitudes gather along an open country this curious crowd begins to press, mothers and fathers keeping up with their children as they descend a hill overlooking the masses. Disciples fret over the abundance attending. Amongst themselves, they consider, it must be 5,000. One would lean over and whisper, and that's not even including the women and their children. The singular noise of thousands communicating amongst each other comes to an immediate halt as Jesus begins to preach unto the multitudes. Thousands are gathered in attendance to hear the voice of the Lord. This all leads into the conversation in which we preach about like I am today and we talk about even all these years later. Jesus tells Philip, Go buy bread for all of these to eat. Now the Bible says that this was a test as stated in John 6, but I would like to direct our attention today to the mind of Philip. It must have ran 90 to nothing as he looks out at the thousands that are gathered. He looks down at what is in his hand being 200 penny worth. How are we going to feed this many? We have no cows to slaughter. We certainly haven't the time to process them, anyways. So he looks down to what's in his hand. He looks back up at his master and he comes to the conclusion that you and I have come to many times. Maybe not you, maybe just me. What I have is not enough. Jesus looks to the multitudes as thousands are gathered. He looks to one man with 200 pennyworth in his hand and asks him to feed the thousands. And Philip is left with no other conclusion but to say, this is not sufficient for them. Isn't it just like God to always ask more of us than what's in our hand? Isn't it just like God to have us look at the thousands and then look down at what is in our hand that we know to never be enough? He comes to the conclusion that if he is to take what he has, that every single person would just get a little crumb. And so he did what I have done many times and said, Lord, there's no way. Look at them, and look at what I have. There have been many who have tried to gain knowledge on a precise number of the crowd, or at least a closer number. I've read statistics on the average Jewish family, and some say that their uh, guess would be 15,000 people there. Others say 7,000 people. I read one that said upwards of 20,000 people. We don't know. But here's how I think we can get a fair number. The Scripture says that there were 5,000 besides women and children. So let's just say that each man had one wife and one child. That's got us to a grand total of 15,000 people. But to be more conservative in an effort to not sensationalize it, let's just subtract 2,500 people to be safe. We're in the mind of Philip. I need you to see this picture in your mind as he is tallying the totals, trying to connect the dots as they would, in my mind, in my artistic license, would be up on a hill overlooking the masses, trying to figure out and calculate how he is going to accomplish this task that he has been asked to complete. So he does the math like you and I have just done. And the grand total now equals precisely a whole lot of people that 200 penny worth sure ain't going to cover. And nobody told them there was going to be food. That, that wasn't on Planning Center. Nobody said that when they made the announcements. Nobody came prepared to feed the thousands. We, we didn't have time to prepare for this. We didn't have time to calculate. Who we were gonna have come in and cater, we we don't we don't have the, the means necessary to complete what you're asking us to do. And so Philip looks to him and says, This is not sufficient for them. What you're asking, we have too little to perform. And this is what, I, what I, really what I feel to speak to today. Archadelphia, the revival that can be had in this place amongst these people, when you look at this building, it's not enough. When you look at the resources that you currently have, it's, It's probably not enough. When we look at what God is calling us to accomplish in the location and in the time that you seem to find yourself in. We, just as Philip did, sometimes come unto the conclusion that all we can say is, Lord, what you have given me, what is in my hand, is not enough to accomplish the goal in which you are asking me to accomplish. And so we, if we are not careful, will look unto him and say, God, not in Arkadelphia, not because of God, because of what's in your hand. Not because we have a lack of understanding on what he can do, but because we have a lack of faith in what we have. Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. It's not a lack of trust in God. It's a lack of trust in what you currently possess. And so he comes unto the conclusion that he says this is not enough. But thank God there was a lad. Thank God there was a lad that made his way unto Andrew with a few fish and a few loaves of bread. And he made his way unto him and said, Hey, listen, I know this is not a lot. I know that, that this certainly probably isn't going to help in the masses. I'm just taking some artistic license on the story. We don't know how the conversation went. But thank God that there was a lad that made his way unto one of the disciples and said, this isn't enough. I know it probably won't help. I know it probably can't help at all. But if you can use it, then here it is. And I just wonder if there's anybody in this house today that would be willing to take a step of faith with what you know to not be enough. I wonder if there's somebody in this house today that would take a step of faith, that would take a step of faith with what is in your hand. I know it's not enough, and you know it's not enough, and God knows it's not enough, but would you take a step with it anyways? Would you walk out in faith with it anyways and say, God, if you can do it here, use me. Lord, if you can take two fish and some loaves, use me. If you can take this building, pour revival out on it. If you can take the ministry, just pour your spirit out. I've come today to tell somebody, if we will take a step of faith with what we know to not be enough, the character of God, he cannot help himself, but begin to break it and begin to multiply it. And if you'll take a step, what used to not be enough will turn into more than enough. What used to not be enough strength will turn into an abundance of strength uh, with what used to not be enough finances uh, will turn into more than enough finances. If we will take a a step uh, of faith, uh, God will multiply what's not enough. So take a step today. Take a step today and see what God will do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mighty God, would you lift up your hands right now in this moment? Would you allow the Lord to speak to you right now? In Acts 12, we find Peter in prison. And The Bible says that prayer was made up by the church on his behalf. And so as we know, they're praying, and Peter's in prison, and I'm just going to condense this down. I need to hurry here, but just to condense it, basically, prayers are answered. Angel comes down, opens up the the gates, and the chains fall off, and, and the guards are don't see him, or they're asleep, and, and so he, he gets out, and he makes his way unto the house where they are praying. The Bible says that Peter begins to knock on the door, and there was a lady named Rhoda. So she goes up to the door, she hears that somebody's knocking, and The Bible says, I believe the Bible says that she heard his voice and she knew that it was him. She doesn't open the door. She just turns around and she goes back to the people that are gathered and she says, you won't believe who's at the door. You're not going to believe who is knocking on our door right now. She tells them And the people that were praying looked at her and said, you're mad. You have plumb lost your mind. It seems to me that we can pray and not hear what's knocking at the door. But today... I hear Peter knocking on the door. today I hear somebody's miracle knocking on the door. Today I hear what you have been praying for knocking on the door. You can call me mad. You can say that I've lost my mind. You can say I don't have it all figured out. You can say I'm loony in the brain if you'd like to, but in this place, I just have enough faith to believe that the things that you have been praying for and praying about are knocking at the door. Amen. And I would to God that this church would become a people that says, Lord, we're not just a praying church but we're a door opening church we're not just going to pray it but we're going to open up the door to see it amen can I, can, I, can I just be honest with you today far too many pray and keep the door shut far too many pray but then they get in secret and they say yeah but I understand that can't happen We'll come down to an altar and we'll begin to pray over a situation, but in the back of our mind, we are saying, Yeah, yeah, that's mad. I have prayed for people knowing their situations. I'm gonna tell on Garrett Ray, and I'm sorry this is a little straightforward, more straightforward than I would normally be, I promise you. But there have been times that I have prayed, there have been times that I have preached. And in the back of my mind, I thought, just me, wow. But I wonder what would happen today if we would just open up the door. I wonder what would happen today if in the spirit, in a, uh, I won't say the spirit, but in a metaphor that Rhoda would walk in and say, hey, what you've been praying for is here today. Hey, the situation that you have been praying over is here today. In a metaphorical situation, if Rhoda came walking in the doors, would we call her mad? Or would we say, my miracle's here today? I hear Peter knocking on the door, and it looks foolish. It seems crazy. My mind can't calculate it. I can't comprehend it. But I've just come today to tell somebody that it is knocking on the door. Revival is knocking on the door. An outbreak is knocking on the door. An outpouring is knocking on the door. A healing is knocking on the door. A deliverance is knocking on the door. Restoration is knocking on the door. Chains being broken are knocking on the door. And I would, to God, if we would shift our spirit and say, it's not mad, it's happening. It's not crazy, it's reality. It's not a far distant world. It's here today. It can happen in this place. Amen. Hallelujah. But we got to take a step to the door. We've got to have enough faith to pray and then walk to the door. I'm going to quickly skip over some of this here today but in the story that I opened up with it's a familiar story as we know and um the prodigal son I'll just I'll just summarize it there may be guests here today and so I'm careful to say we know the story maybe some of us do not. And so there are two sons. They have a father. The father has a great estate. And Jesus is, is telling a parable, a story. And he is he is comparing his character, God's character, with that of the father in this story. So this father in the parable has two sons and a, a, a great estate and great land, it seems. And, and in my mind, it's just this great big castle and there's horses and and cattle and and they've got it all. And so the youngest son comes unto his father and says, give me my inheritance now. And that inheritance should not have been given up until the father had died and they had inherited it rightly. And so the father gives him the inheritance and the youngest son in entitlement and whatever else you want to, you know, put on him in his character. He, he runs and, and he takes the money and he makes a waste of his life and he, he, he is in sin and, and he, he's just ruined it. He's just messed it up. And the Bible says that as he is in his pig pen, he comes unto himself. In his predicament, He comes to his own realization. He had had an encounter with his father. He knew the character of his father. He was raised by his father. Just for emphasis here, he knew his father. There was nothing more he could have known about his father. So what was the father supposed to do while he was in the pig pen? He could do, not could do, he did not do, rather, anything. But he left the son to come to his own realization on who his father was. And I have seen people in pig pens say, God has forsaken me. God does not care about me. If he did, then why would he leave me here? If God really knew where I was, then why why isn't why isn't he pulling me out of this pen? And God is waiting on us to come into our own realization. That he has never left us, and he has never abandoned us, and he has never forgotten us. And sometimes when we separate ourselves from his presence, we are left to come unto our own realization. Amen. I've come today to tell somebody, and I'm sorry, I know it's straightforward. It's not in my notes, but I just feel it. Sometimes we have got to muster up enough courage to say, Lord, I don't have to hear your voice today. God, I, I don't have to... I don't have to see a vision today, but I've been in this pen too long. I've been in this situation too long, and I know enough about you that if oh, I'm, I'm hesitating to say what I really want to say, and I'm going to be careful here. I promise you I know my place, but sometimes our pig pens are our pig pens. And we'll say, why isn't God pulling me out of this? And he is saying, why would they leave the house in the pen? The father, my God, I'm trying to explain this in the best way that I can. The the son knew the character of his father. The son knew the identity of his father. The, The son was aware of the mannerisms of his father. The son had enough courage to demand his inheritance. But he was not comfortable enough at this point in time to walk back. But the father was waiting for him to walk back. I've come today to tell somebody that sometimes the father has done everything he can do. He has said everything that he can say. He has shown you everything that he can show you. He, he's just waiting on us to take a step towards him. So you don't have to know anything more about God. You don't have to understand anything more about God sometimes. You don't have to have a fresh revelation. You don't have to see him or hear his audible voice. He hasn't left you. He hasn't forsaken you. But sometimes he leaves it to us to say, you know who I am. You know what my character is. You know how I treat people. You know how I love people. You know how I deliver people. It's your turn to come to me. it's your turn to leave the predicament that you're in and come back unto me. And I just wonder what would happen in our lives if we would just take a step towards him and see what would begin to transpire. So I'll tell you what will transpire. The son, as he is so lost, as he is so confused, as he is in the lowest of the lowest point in his life. He is pacing his pen, pondering the predicament in which he dwells. And he is about to partake in the husk of which is unclean in their culture and in their day. And he comes to himself, as I believe some of us must do today, And he thinks, maybe there is a chance. I, I know that I have wasted it all, and I know that I have made a mess of this, but maybe there is a chance that if I will just walk back to him. Are you pondering that today? You're pacing your pen. How, how do I get out of this? But, there's a chance today. There's an opportunity today. The door is open for you today. So the sun begins to walk. And if I were him, this is how I would walk. One step at a time. But those steps had to be full of Great contemplation. If he's anything like me, I'm a planner. I'm going to think about what I'm going to say. I'm going to think about, uh, it's just me. I'm I'm precise. If I'm going to have a conversation with somebody, I'm I'm prepared for it. So in my mind, it would go something like, I have wasted it all. They would never take me back. Surely, surely they, they know what I have I have done. Maybe they have gotten word. Maybe rumors have spread. They're, they're never, they're never going to take me back. They're never going to trust me again. I, I'm a waster. I'm a ruiner. I'm a destroyer. I, I am entitled. But at some point in time, that son, I don't know which one it was, he would take one more step. And while he was a great way off, that final step that he took, he would hear the thuds of a man's footstep running and beating the ground, saying to himself, they'll never love me again. He could never trust me again, but he would hear someone running. He would look up and in the distance would be a silhouette of a man And he would vaguely try to figure out who is running to him. And he would come unto the realization it cannot be him. There is no way it's him. After all that I have done, after all that I have said, after the waste of things that I have made. But he would look up to see the Father running unto him, he didn't make it yet, he wasn't cleaned up yet, he didn't have it all together yet, but the Father loves to meet you in the middle. I've come today to tell you, the Lord, I feel this in the Holy Ghost, the people that the Lord is sending here they're not going to they're not going to have it all right, they're not going to have it all together, and we're going to have to meet them in the middle. They're not going to be all put together like you and I are put together. Some of them may have some situations that you and I have not even heard about, any, don't even know about, amen. But if we are to be the church of the living God, we're going to have to develop the characteristic to say, hey, they don't have to... They don't have to have it all together. I'm going to meet them in the middle. That They're just trying to take a step, but we're going to be a church that runs to them, that falls on them, that loves them, that cares for them, that sees the purpose in them. They are wasters, and they are ruiners. They are destroyers. They are entitled, maybe. They don't have it all together, but we are going to run to them. And I've come today to tell you, if that's you, if you'll step, he'll run today. If you have made a waste of things, take a step towards him today, and he'll run. I said, if you'll take a step towards him today, he'll run. And so whatever your need be, He is here today. Stand with me as I close. It is the characteristic of our Father to see us while we are a great way off, while we don't have all the understanding, while we don't have enough in our hand. He runs. If you'll step today, He'll run. So will you take a step today? When you do, you will not find yourself alone. When you do, you will not find yourself forsaken and abandoned. I preach to you today a father that runs, a father that has compassion, a father that meets us in the middle, The parable goes on to say the father gave him a new robe. He put that signet ring on him and prepared for him a fatted calf. If you are in that situation today, I know sometimes it can be hard to come to the realization of that. But when you take a step, you're not remembered for the pen. This church doesn't remember you for the pin. This church doesn't remember you as a waster, as a ruiner. But this church, this God, this Father runs. When I didn't deserve it, he ran. When I made a waste of it all, he ran. And in my prayer, I've never once heard him remind me of it. And he won't remind you of it. When we step, he runs. And the ring and the robe and the calf take it a step further. And he forgets. this church does too. The true church does. And I can tell you because they've done it for me. Amen. If you have a need in your life, maybe the Lord is asking you to take a different kind of step. A step of faith to be prayed for. A step of faith to maybe be anointed with oil and, and pray over a situation. Maybe you're dealing with something and and you don't, you don't know how it's going to all play out, the Lord's asking you to take a step today. The Word shows us where when we take steps, He rewards the faith of His people. If you're new here, if you have not been baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins, take a step today. Amen. Can somebody testify? Of how wonderful it is to be baptized in Jesus' name as they did in the Word of God. If you have not received the Holy Ghost, take a step today. So, as I open up these altars, whatever your need be, take a step and believe that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly. Above all that we can ask or think. These altars are open. I ask everybody to come. I don't want to single anybody out today. Would you lift up your hands unto him and say, God, I'm taking a step. I was too afraid to pray it yesterday, God, but today I'm taking a step was too ashamed yesterday but today I'm taking a step what the Lord is speaking to you right now would you be sensitive to it obey the voice of the Lord take the step he's calling you to take pray the prayer he's calling you to pray make the move he's calling you to make